Welcome to the Mount Zion Wesleyan Church Podcast. We hope this message encourages you, challenges you, and inspires you to step into the life God has for you. For more information about our church, visit us online at mountzionwesleyan.com. Good morning, good morning, church. It's good to see you. Go ahead and grab a seat. Hey, we want to wish everyone, everyone a very Merry Christmas. We want to welcome all those that are joining us online this morning. We love you and we are so thankful for you. And we are so glad that you guys have chosen to worship with us today to enter into a time of teaching. It is great to have the kids with us this morning Parents will be wondering and asking that question in about 15 minutes, but right now, it is great to have the kids with us, right? If I ask you the question, what produces joy, what produces pleasure in your heart, what would you say if I asked you to create a list and said on that list, what are the 10 top pleasure producers in your heart, how would you answer that question? How would you respond to that prompting? It's rhetorical, don't yell them out, but what would make up your list? I believe that at the heart of Christmas, at the root of Christmas, I believe that pleasure in the heart of the Father is found. And my attempt this morning will be to show you that and using God's word to reveal that to you. So once again, in your heart, what are the things that produce pleasure? I wish I could say that in regard to Christmas or in regard to life in general, that the things that produced pleasure in my heart were all spiritual, but they're not. I love Christmas cookies. I love to be welcomed when I walk into the kitchen with fresh baked cookies coming out of the oven, even though during Christmas time, they are usually meant for someone else. I still always get a few though, always get a few. I love gathering with family during the Christmas season. It produces pleasure in in my heart. I love to sit around and listen to Christmas songs and just for this season to take a little bit of a pause and to to reflect. I, I love Christmas. Christmas produces pleasure in my heart. Does it for you, and like me, is it sometimes things that are not, well, super, super spiritual? There is no greater demonstration of the Father's heart for you and for me. There is no greater revealer of God's heart than the giving of his Son. If you have your Bibles, if you will turn to me and with me in Isaiah chapter 53, We're going to pick up in verse 10. Isaiah 53, verse 10 in the New Living Translation says, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and to cause him grief. 
Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. In many of your translations, particularly in the King James or the New King James Version, when you read those words, it sounds like this. It gave God's heart pleasure to bruise his son. Can I ask you a question? As you read those words, because Isaiah 53 is a familiar verse in regard to Christmas, but it is one of those verses that we will oftentimes just rush through without really leaning into the tension of what God is trying to reveal to his people. So let's lean into the tension this morning. And the question that I have upon reading verse 10 of Isaiah chapter 53 is what kind of father finds pleasure in bruising, crushing, giving his son? What kind of God delights in the crushing and the bruising and the grief of his child, of his beloved. Think about it as a parent, from a parent's perspective. For me and for many of you, we live our lives trying to protect, trying to provide, trying to keep our children from experiencing discomfort, displeasure, from being bruised, from being grieved. And it seems like that is the definition of, of a good father, of a good parent. So the question still remains, what kind of father delights, finds pleasure in the giving, the bruising, the crushing, the grieving of their son. How could, in the Father's heart, considering that, delight be found? It's a question that we have to ask if we are truly going to understand and celebrate and see the glory and the beauty of the Christmas story? What is the motivating factor that a father's heart would find pleasure, delight in the crushing, the bruising of their one and only child? And I would present to you the answer to that probing question is love. I think the reason that God's heart found pleasure in the crushing and the bruising and the grieving and the giving of his son. It is rooted in love. How do you know, Luke? And that's a fair question. That's a good question. That's an appropriate question. That's a healthy question. So how do we know John chapter 3, beginning in verse 16, reading through verse 17, for God so loved the world that he gave he sent 
He allowed the crushing, the bruising of his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but they will instead have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but so the world could be saved through him. You and I, we have a problem and we walk beside and stand among all of humanity in regard to the source of our problem. And our problem that has plagued all of humanity, you and I as well, is that of sin. And the reality is the sin that encompasses your heart and my heart, that dictates much of the wrong behaviors in our lives, that is the source of much of the regret in our narrative. It is rooted in a sin condition, a sin problem, and you and I can do nothing about it. But it doesn't keep us from attempting, from trying to be good enough, strong enough, smart enough to do enough of the right things. But the reality that plagued all of humanity since the beginning of time is our reality as well. And we have a sin problem. And through the one giving of this life, a solution, a antidote, a fix was presented because the gift of Christ Jesus, the gift of the baby coming in a manger, being born of the Virgin Mary, this free gift of grace, of mercy, of acceptance, no matter what, no matter where, we are undeserving of it. We don't deserve this free gift. We can't earn this free gift. It is just that. It is the greatest gift that has ever been extended to humanity. It is an open-handed gift. The scripture tells us it is available to all who will believe, who will trust in Christ Jesus. God loved you so much that he subjected his son to the bruising and to the crushing to the pain and to the agony. And there is the plan for hope. There is the plan for peace. There is the plan for joy. There is the plan for salvation. Now, why are we talking about this on Christmas? What is the point? And the point is simply this, that I hate to be the bearer of bad news on such a great and wonderful day, but I love you enough to tell you that sometime today or tomorrow or next week or next month or the months that follow or within the next year, something will happen somewhere, something at some time that will make you, that will cause you to doubt the love of God. And you will think because of your circumstances, because of your condition, because of what you are facing or going through, the enemy will lean into your ear and will ask the question, is he really good? Is he faithful? Is this the God that you 
are obedient to, faithful to, that you love, that you serve. If he loved you, why then would he allow you to experience this? And in that moment, you will have to examine and the foundation that you are building your faith and your family and your values and your life upon, in that moment, it will be tested. It will be shaken. I love you enough to tell you that sometime in the coming year, you will face a financial burden where you lay out the bills and then you lay out your money and you ask the question, how? How are we going to make ends meet this month? How are we going to pay this bill? I love you enough to tell you that some of us will sit in front of a doctor or we will find ourselves in an examination room and there will be a diagnosis rendered and extended that we will not receive well. It will not be welcomed news. I love you enough to tell you that somebody you love, somebody that you trust, they will forfeit that trust. And they will walk out, they will deceive, they will break your heart again into pieces, even though they promised last time they would never do it again. I love you enough to tell you that you will find yourself sometime over the next year wrestling with the reality of a good God, of a good father, of a loving, loving being that says, listen, my sons and my daughters, you are loved and you are valued. Sometime you will ask the question, is the enemy, is the enemy winning? And in that moment, you will have to stand firmly on a foundation that you have built leading up to that moment, up to those circumstances. And there you will give a case that not only were you at one time loved by God, but because you are so loved that you continue even in that moment, even in that desperation, even in that bruising, even in that crushing you are continue to be loved. Romans chapter eight, verse 32 is a beautiful reminder that you and I can build our life upon regardless of the storms that stand on the horizon awaiting us to pass through. When Paul says, since he did not even spare his own son, but instead gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? And what Paul is reminding us in this moment, it's beautiful if you can just take hold of it, is if a loving God whose very nature and character is that of love, if he is willing to give up that that is the closest to his heart, that of his son, to the bruising and to the crushing, won't 
He meet your needs. Because of this great example of total and ultimate sacrifice of the giving of his son who gave his very life for you and I, what could we possibly face? What could we possibly go through that would lead us to even a moment of doubting? Is he good? Will he meet my needs? If he would do that, then certainly won't he be good in this moment? Now, to get here, we have to distinguish between a need and a want. Paul is not promising in this moment that God will fulfill your wish list. What Paul is reminding us of is the truth. That this God who knit you together in your mother's womb, that you have never taken a step apart from his presence. This God who knows the hair number on your head, how many breaths you have taken here on earth. He knows your needs more than you know them. And because of his sovereignty, because of his goodness, because of his infinite wisdom, he will meet your needs. Maybe not your wants, but he knows your needs. He is not committed to fulfilling your wants, but he is totally committed to meeting your needs. And this is why it's important that we believe and that we understand and that we wrestle with the doctrine of God's sovereignty. You see, it's important for us to understand that God is sovereign, not because knowing that will help us make sense of this world, but understanding and knowing God's sovereignty, it is important because this world will never completely make sense to us. We will find ourselves in seasons and circumstances and situations and conditions that leave us fist balled, pointed heavenward, asking God, why? Where are you? How could you allow this? I have been nothing but good and faithful. And here I find myself in so much tragedy, so much pain. These circumstances I would not choose. You have allowed. Why? And it is in that moment that we have to trust and we have to believe that God is good and that he is all knowing and that he is relentlessly committed to meeting your needs no matter what, no matter where. So going back to Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10, it was a good plan to crush him and to cause him grief and what we have to understand in this moment was that the grief of Christ did not start on a cross. The grief of Christ started in a manger from the moment he breathed his first breath here on earth. Grief started because he was in the presence of evil itself. Because he saw disobedience to the Father lived out daily. And the moment 
Jesus stayed in the manger the moment his heart was filled with grief because of the disobedience of the people he was called and sent to save. And yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants, meaning that each and every one of us who believe and call upon his name and ask for his grace and mercy to fill our lives. We are a family. We are sons and daughters. And he will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. So in closing, I have a couple questions that I want to ask of you this morning. And the first question is this. Within this understanding, do you have peace in your heart? An unshakable, unexplained peace. The world is going to hell in a handbasket all around you, yet you are perfectly at peace. Do you have peace when your circumstances are not peaceful? When there's questions that you can't answer? Do you have a Or do you relentlessly beat yourself up at night when you lie in bed with a laundry list of questions that you cannot give a response to, that you cannot answer? Are you making idols of comfort, of control, of approval, or of power? You see, the beauty of the Christmas story is that when we understand that it actually pleasured the heart of the Father to rescue his children, not to abandon us, but instead to provide a rescue for us. And if we believe in the sovereignty of God, that he will meet our every need, not our every want, but our every need. If we believe in that, then we can be truly at peace. Peace can be yours to have a peace that surpasses earthly understanding. Peace that surpasses your earthly condition. Peace that surpasses circumstance or condition. It can be yours this day. And it is available to each and every one of us who accept the birth, the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ Jesus. You see, the beauty of the Christmas story is Christ. And the last candle in our Advent wreath is that of the Christ candle. And it is a beautiful reminder of the life of Jesus who came to be a light And within that light, cast out all darkness. So if you have never accepted this light, this life, if you have never made the decision to follow Christ Jesus, what better day than today? There has never been a greater gift extended to humanity than that of a baby who came of a father 
pleasured his heart to give the greatest gift humanity could ever see, witness, or receive. And scripture tells us, for all who confess him as Lord and Savior, you shall be saved. May that be your reality this day. And for those of us who've accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, do you have the peace that is promised, that is not circumstantial, that is not conditional, that is rooted in the reality of Christ and Christ alone? May you receive that this day. So with every head bowed and with every eye closed, and I'm gonna ask that you stand to your feet Father God, we are so thankful and humbled and overwhelmed at the reality of your total commitment to us of meeting our needs. We are faced with the reality of a problem that we had no solution for, that we could do nothing about. But through your grace, through your mercy, through pleasure came a baby born in Bethlehem who is the promise for all of humanity of peace, of hope, of love. May it be so. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people say, Thanks for listening to the Mount Zion Wesleyan Church podcast. We hope this message has inspired you to take a next step in your walk with Jesus. For more messages or to watch our full worship gathering on demand, visit us online at mountzionwesleyan.com.